today's times, when even though we may be working from home, we find ourselves busier than ever. When can we fit in time for the gym? Is it open? What are the protocols? It's just so confusing. The easiest solution is to work out from home, but the cost of equipment can be so high. And how do you stay motivated? How would you like to have live, at-home, real-time interactive coaching from international award-winning coaches? You can have all of that in one app, the Knock Academy. The app is customizable for your schedule. Grab a workout in the morning before you start your day. How about a Pilates session at lunch? Strength training when you're finished your workday or start your weekends with core training or a rejuvenating yoga session after a busy week. Knock Academy is live. Your instructors can offer real-time feedback, motivation, and instruction, all from the privacy of your own home. Check out the Knock Academy. That's N-O-C-K Academy. Listeners of Start Talking get 20% off your first month. Just use the discount code WEAS when you sign up. The Knock Academy. It started on a better you today. Welcome to today's episode of We As Start Talking. My name is Scott. I'm your host for today. Uh, just a couple of things before I uh, introduce my guest for, for today's uh, episode. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon account. Uh, it is www.patreon.com forward slash start talking. Lots of tiers, lots of things to give away. Lots of special um, special gifts for our Patreons that might not be otherwise available for listeners. Uh, it really helps support the show. So if you have an opportunity, please check out the Patreon uh, as well. Our website's always available at www.weas.ca. Uh, that's weas.ca. Check out our merch store. You're going to get a chance to meet the hosts and uh, leave us leave us a message. Send us an email to start talking at weas.ca. Now on to our review of the week. Our review of the week is from KM74851238. I don't think that's the name that your parents gave you, but if KM74851238 says with a five-star rating, this is a wonderfully thoughtful and engaging podcast full of diverse guests and topics that hook you in. The hosts are genuinely caring and empathetic people who really embody their message of wanting to get people talking, thinking, and making a difference. What a wonderful review. Thank you so much. KM7485123. If you go to our website and click on contact, go to our uh, email address, start talking at weas.ca, and you have earned yourself a copy of Chris Clue's book, What 80s Pop Culture Teaches Us About Today's Workplace. So send us your address, send us your real name, KM7485123, and we're going to send you a copy of the book right away. Now, onto the show. My guest today is truly a friend of the show. She has appeared on We As Dads, one of our former shows, and We As Women, another show that we used to have. Uh, now that we're all consolidated, I'm calling her a friend of the show. Roxanne Francis, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Scott. It's really awesome to be back here. 
Uh, it is, it's, it's a wonderful time of the year to be talking to you. Uh, I'm going to give everyone a little bit of a background in case they didn't hear you on our other shows. Uh, Roxanne is a psychotherapist. She is, has been in practice for 12 years. She has a master's in social work from the university of Toronto. She is certified with the sick kids center for community and health and trauma. And she is, uh, probably, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to that we've had oh on the other show. So no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure, none whatsoever. <laughs> so let's, uh, so I'm going to start the episode off with just saying what we should. And, and I don't know what the time limit on this is, but I'm going to say happy new year. Happy new year. Yeah. And likewise, I, hope you had a, I hope you had a wonderful holiday. Yeah, it was a good time off. It was a good, um, step back from work, which can get really busy, particularly around the holidays. Um, and I got a chance to just sit and do nothing because, Hey, there's not a whole lot that we could do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such an important time of the year for some people and it can be, it can be a rather depressing time of the year for other people. Um, I want to kind of jump in because I've always been the one to do it. Uh, or my wife, Joanna has wanted to do it. Uh, or, you know, we jump on the bandwagon and we have a new year's resolution. And yes. honestly, it lasts usually till January 3rd, especially if that fell on a weekend, then we're just toast. But yep. from a psychological perspective, my one question to start the show off is, are New Year's resolutions really good for our mental health? And I, that sounds like such a huge question, but at the end of the day, how badly does not keeping a New Year's resolution That's it. essentially mess us up psychologically? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right out the gate with the big question, Scott. I think (laughs) that, um, you know, a lot of people practice the whole idea of a New Year's resolution, new year, new leaf, new me, new body, new this, new that. But, you know, we have really great intentions, but we can't always follow through with these intentions. Things happen as we get into the year, as we saw in the U.S. last Wednesday. Right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Everyone was, you know, so happy to be done with 2020 and was off to starting 2021 with a bang. And just a couple days in, everything went to crap, right? So you really have to be careful about creating these resolutions because things can happen, right? Um, People in your home could get sick. You could lose your business. uh, Your clients don't come back. All kinds of things could happen. And where does that leave your resolution? And at the end of the day, what can happen is that we end up with this feeling of despair. We end up with a feeling of failure. You know, I had all these grand plans to do this and that and the other, and something comes out of the blue and suddenly you can't do it again. And what do we do? We internalize those things. We think that we're the failures. We think that, um, there's something wrong with us because we couldn't follow through, particularly if this is a resolution that you went into the last year and the previous year with, right? Um, it can really, really um, run a number on our mental health and our sense of accomplishment or self-esteem. And what I tend to say to people instead is let's, um, let's look at some of the things that we want to continue to work on. Let's set goals. There's nothing wrong with setting a long-term goal. But if you want to lose 40 pounds by the end of January, you might have some issues. But if you have a long-term goal of getting healthier, if you have a long-term goal of, you know, um, moving your body more often or drinking more water, 
that's something that you can do. But if you're going to be like, okay, starting January 1st, I'm drinking eight glasses of water a day. And I'm all for smart goals that are measurable and specific. But if you get to the end of your fourth day and you're only drinking four glasses of water, are you going to internalize that? So I would say when it comes to New Year's resolutions, I tend to lean towards being more general which gives you a little bit more room. It gives you a little bit more wiggle room. It gives you some more uh, flexibility. And so if things don't go as you expected, it doesn't come crashing down on you as hard. Right. Actually, Gareth Knock, one of the other hosts of the show, who's so, yeah. so brilliant when it comes to talking about things like you just mentioned. I think you'd want to jump jump into the podcast right now and give you a hug for saying those things because you, <laughs> you really hit his nails on the head, which is awesome. But at the end of the day, it's really just about, okay, so if we talked about energy in, energy out, if we talked about right. setting realistic goals, and it's asking those why questions. So if if I was to say, well, I need to lose weight, but I do that every single year, and then it never works, and then by October, I'm like, I could have been 60 pounds lighter. Oh, wow. <laughs> right? Or maybe, you know, I, my, there was a couple that I carried over, actually. I don't drink during the week anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really only drink maybe a couple of glasses of wine on Friday night. But it's, it's. I, I guess what I did, and I, I need your professional opinion to be able yeah. to say, Scott, you're going in the right direction, which is <laughs> I just got up and went for a five-minute walk. And it was like, That's okay, real. I've never done that. So that could potentially Perfect. be my New Year's resolution was I'm just going to go for a five-minute walk. And maybe tomorrow... I'll go for a six minute walk or, you know, I'll bring my dog and I'll do this and do that. And is that something that helps our psych that helps our psyche uh, deal with it yes. on a, on a, on a, on a more reasonable level? If we set such yes. huge expectations, like you said, 40 pounds in the month of January, like you're starving yourself. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's all about the incremental change, right? It's all about a little bit at a time, you know, slow and steady. It's all good. You don't have to, you know, I'm all for big things that people want to accomplish, but give yourself a little grace and pace yourself. You know, as we talk about resolutions, the other thing that I, if I could uh, add in as well, is the things that people always want to finish before the end of the year. And I'll, I often say, if you had these things that you wanted to accomplish and you gave yourself till December 31st and December 31st rolls around and you have not finished that thing or you haven't accomplished that thing that you want to accomplish, it can really um, do a number on us. It can really make you feel like I'm a failure or I didn't do this thing or I wasn't successful. And I often say that these dates that we put on ourselves are quite arbitrary and Although December 31st signifies the end of our 12-month year, the 1st of January is just another day. It doesn't mean that you have to go all the way back to the beginning. It just means that you continue. So if you are going to start saving some money, if you don't get to 10, 10 grand by December 31st, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Just keep going. And it's really just about the persistence. Just keep going. So the, because I guess, I guess what I kind of uh, took from that was that 
just because I didn't save $10,000 doesn't mean that I can't still save $10,000 because who told me that I failed December 31st? So not only only are we disappointing ourselves in and around January 2nd or 3rd because, oh, I'm just, I'll just have that bowl of ice cream or I'll just have that, uh, I'll just have that entire bag of, you know, jumbo chips. Mm-hmm. But then we beat ourselves up in June when we try to put on a bathing suit, and then we beat ourselves right. up in December. We're really beating right. ourselves up a lot here, Roxanne. We do, we do, and I, you know, I I often wonder why society gives us all kinds of ridiculous um, benchmarks that we have to meet. But listen, everybody is a beach body. Everybody can go to the beach, whether or not you want to wear a t-shirt or you want to wear a bathing suit. It's still sand and 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 water. Go out there and, and enjoy it, right? And if you want to work towards a healthier lifestyle, you work towards a healthier lifestyle at your own pace. So are you technically giving me permission to have maybe one extra glass of wine on Friday night and not be myself? You have to talk to it? Joe about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk to your wife about that. Oh well she, but, she, but don't beat yourself up. She <laughs> She wants, she's trying to do a dry January. So I, I am completely okay. supportive, but it doesn't mean yes. that I have to do it the same way that she's no. doing it. No. So yeah. if we're talking from a family perspective, we, we are all in it to support each other, but it doesn't mean that we have to like do it together because that might be double indemnity yeah. there. <laughs> that might yeah. be yeah. like now you're beat, not only beating yourself up, but you're making your spouse or your child or your partner feel guilty from exactly. doing all of that. Exactly. And you don't have to be doing it alongside with alongside them, but as long as you you give them that support and they reciprocate, that's what's important, the support. Yes, because it's not like last Friday night that I walked in front of her several times while she was sitting watching a show and kind of jiggle my wine glass in front of her, pretending that I'm looking out the window. I didn't do <laughs> I, that. I, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. Uh, but I, I, I have to respect it because I think it's funny. There's a Baroness Von Sketch show, which is a Canadian mm-hmm. sketch comedy show, all done by women. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. And it's hilarious. the skit was, no, I'm dry January. This is this, is this whole dry January thing. And she, her two friends are pouring very generous glasses of wine for themselves. And they're like, well, what about, <laughs> what about Bob's wedding? Oh, well, I'll drink at Bob's Gosh. wedding. I mean, I, yeah. well, what about Susie's baby shower? Well, it's a baby shower. I got to be drunk for that. You know, so I'm happy. I'll be excused. Well, but wait a minute. Isn't it bad luck to cheers to a glass of water? It has to be booze. So <laughs> I don't want anybody listening to think, damn it. I didn't walk my five minutes today. We'll do it tomorrow. Right. Right. <clears throat> Gareth you, always tells no, me not yeah. to beat myself up. Uh, exactly. And, and if you want to have that scoop of ice cream go ahead yeah but you just have to understand that you can you can't do it every single day and, every yeah and whatnot so yeah. with okay so now i you've totally changed me i'm never doing a new year's resolution what i should be doing <laughs> is a new life resolution which there is, you go i love that which is really just you know make that little change and then eventually yes. in, i think inertia will take over <laughs> So, I like that new life instead of new year. Yeah. Yeah. A new life resolution. Uh, so I've patented that feel free to uh, cut patent. You can't patent words. Uh, I've copyrighted that just now. There you go. We'll see with a circle, but you're more than welcome to use it. Anybody <laughs> oh, else? Thank you. Uh, that's Scott at start talking at we for permission. Um, <laughs> so as, as new year's resolutions come in, where are we? 
we're in January. We're in winter. Mm-hmm. We're in the, that, that humdrum of winter. And I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of your patients have told you, Oh God, it's just so hard. Like, do you have any coping like, and I know that I know that like if Joe and COVID has just put a, a kibosh on it, oh, she seriously. needs to go away. It's not yes. like taking a vitamin D supplement or going to a tanning salon and we can't do any of that anyway. She needs it. And me, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay to just lose my tan and, you know, you know, get under a blanket, but we have those humdrum parts of winter that really get us in. And I want to kind of jump in throughout this part of the conversation into seasonal affective disorder or sad because they kind of go together. Yeah. But do you have, so just let's say somebody is not technically suffering from SAD or sad or seasonal affective disorder. What would your recommendations be as a therapist to talk to one of your patients about those days where it's like three feet of snow, it's Canada. Seriously. How do you kind of combat that? I would say, and if we're not talking about seasonal affective disorder at all, I would say uh, wear some bright colors, um, eat your vitamins, get some fruits, uh, water, um, make yourself a smoothie, uh, salad, vegetables, eat healthy. Um, And it might sound really silly, but these are some really good tips that actually work um make yourself a playlist what some of the music that you know that just picks you right up um and put it on and turn it up before you know it you might be moving a little bit which which can be helpful right to 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 bring up that mood uh let's see what else um have your your closest friend on speed dial in case things your 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 mood really starts to go south um and you know Engage with your family in fun ways that you guys are used to. If it means that, you know, people with young kids, sometimes they might play board games. Um, People with older kids, maybe they might do something fun and silly, like maybe cooking together or, you know, something like that. But it's really important to shake yourself out of those doldrums if you can. Um, I like to say things like get yourself um, some good sleep, but regularly, as opposed to staying up till four in the morning and then sleeping till one in the afternoon. Um, you know, give yourself a little bit of structure. If you are working from home, don't just roll out of bed in your pajamas and grab the laptop and start working. Get up, have a shower, get yourself a cup of coffee if you drink coffee, and um, get yourself in some. You know, change your clothes, change your mindset and get to work that way. Um, after work, go for a walk. If you can walk the dog, uh, just to sort of shift your mindset from work to being at home. Um, but definitely things like music, colors, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, moving your body, um, you know, phoning a friend. These are some really simple tips, but they actually, they actually help. So, when we look at, uh, or w- when we look out the window, right, we're seeing that massive snowstorm. We haven't oh, really God. had one yet. We're actually we've been quite lucky. We're, yeah, I know uh, we're due one, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Don't worry, Mother Nature's going to go. Oh, you guys are getting comfortable. Well, bam! Here's twelve feet of snow. <laughs> but uh, see, now I've I've always been like 
when the end of October came around and, and November started, every day I got up, looked out the window in hopes that there was a foot and a half of snow on the ground. But for some people, just you know, and snow can be so crystal and 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 clean. And no, don't yes. don't walk in the backyard. It's got to be perfect. Yes. I don't want to see footprints. <laughs> Um, it can be so soothing for some people. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I've put my parka on and stood outside in one of those, you know, smooth, well, we call them Christmas snowfalls, right? Where yes. it, it falls from the sky, like in a Hallmark movie yes. and, and just kind of enjoyed in the silence of it. Mm-hmm. But that, mm-hmm. that beautiful white snow, uh, can really drive some people bananas. And I, yes, I really don't think I should be saying bananas to a therapist. Well, but. no, I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. You got to pass. So if we're, if we're doing the veggies and we're doing bright colors, I never even thought of that because I've always noticed people start to wear the blues and the blacks and the hoodies and the sweaters. As we get into, yes. As you start to get into your fall colors. And I never realized that. So I think I'm going to take one, one piece of this, this uh, kind of practice, best practice is going to be that I'm going to, put on an orange t-shirt and wear yeah. that on Saturday and there you, go. you know, just kind of, it's going to be orange. It's the sun. It's sunny or either yeah. that or I'm going to buy my wife one of those, t- you know, portable tanning beds so that she's not <laughs> suffering too much. Uh, but that's interesting because what have you, you know, in your studies and in your, in your time as a therapist, what is it about food that can really help boost our, 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 well, it's not just about our immune system, but maybe our our immunity to mm-hmm. the to those humdrum winter days. Well, I'm not a nutritionist, but there's definitely something to be said for uh, fresh, crisp foods. You know, there is this uh, idea that instead of having a coffee when you're having your afternoon slump, that if you have an apple, it can actually perk you up, right? I did not know and that. so some of those. Um, some of these uh, nutritional tips, things like anything that have uh, anything that has any kind of ginger in it. So if you're making a smoothie, a mango smoothie, you throw up a bit of ginger in there. Um, you know, what's the other? Um, there's another spice that I'm thinking of, but I can't think, get to it right now. Um, but there's lots of different spices um, that we can use that really you're right. They pick up our immune system. I'm not quite sure the, the, the biology around that piece, but it definitely helps with um, often changing our outlook on certain things. A lot of these uh, fruits and vegetables actually boost um, our feel good uh, vitamin, which is not vitamin, but chemical, which is serotonin, which helps you feel um, happier. It helps you to feel more relaxed. And it helps with managing uh, pain and discomfort. So some of those things which we experience in the wintertime, you know, having some of these fruits and vegetables, having some sunshine. So, you know, actually getting outside on a clear day is actually one of the things that we suggest to people who have uh, seasonal affective disorder. Unfortunately, winter in the winter months, sometimes it's a gray sky for like a good week and a half. Yeah, very <laughs> right? true. Yeah. Which, which can be challenging. Perfect segue into seasonal affective disorder because that is a more serious psychological affliction mm-hmm. that can affect people in, in various ways. Yeah. One of the things I've never, like I have a friend who was diagnosed with, with SAD. And when he told me about it, 
I didn't understand. You know, I was like, dude, right. the sun shines, you know, gold makes snow angels in the snow. But it really affected him in a deep, like, down. Yeah. And this is not just the humdrums. Right. Can you talk a bit right. about seasonal affective disorder and what it does to someone and, and perhaps if there is a treatment for it? Most definitely. So um, people start talking about seasonal, seasonal affective disorder at around Halloween time, especially in our time zone, because that's the day where we I think we gain an hour of sleep and we lose uh, sunshine. Right. And so what tends to happen, particularly in a pre-COVID world, is that you would leave for work and it's dark and you would come home and it's dark. And so all of those prime sunshine days are spent probably in a cubicle somewhere at work. Right. Um, so that can be challenging. And what happens is um, with sunshine, sunshine, like some of those fruits and vegetables, actually boosts the production of serotonin. And so when we lose um, sunshine, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere where we live, um, the, we get less sunshine at this time of year anyway. And then with um, uh, daylight savings time, we, we lose more sunshine, right? And so that causes, it, it, it um, causes an uptick in symptoms of depression, sadness, anxiety, frustration, irritability. But for people who have seasonal affective disorder, it's more than just the winter blues. You're right. They get very withdrawn. They get uh, extremely irritable. Uh, sleep gets more irregular. Uh, people tend to have more uh, starchy foods. Uh, we tend to actually overeat during this time. And we pull away from things that we used to love, activities that we would enjoy. We don't want to be around people anymore. We kind of just want to go under the covers and hide from the world all winter long, all fall, all winter, and, and half of the spring. Um, that can be, it can be dangerous because if someone experiences seasonal affective disorder and does not get treatment, it goes sideways like most other depressions. And we need to look for things like um, suggestions of self-harm, suggestions of suicidal ideation, um, calls to 911 increase during this time, uh, visits to the emergency room for psychological difficulty, those things increase during this time. And um, uh, suicide attempts actually increase during this time. Now, in terms of managing seasonal affective disorder, what I often tell people is try to get as much sunshine as you can. And I know it can be difficult during this time of year, but if you are able to get or stand by a door where a glass door where some sunshine might be pouring through, that would be a really good thing for you to do. Because again, the sunshine tends to boost our or kind of our feelings of happy, right? Um, the other thing that you can do is, um, you know, you go for a walk, get outdoors. Not only are you exposing yourself to some more sunshine, but you're also uh, giving yourself a little bit of exercise. If you go outside, you go for a walk, you go check the mail if you can, you take the pet for a walk. Um, that can be really, really helpful because moving your body. Um, getting the heart pumping, getting the lungs, breathing in some fresh air, that's always good for any kind of depression. The other thing that I would suggest is, um, you know, mimicking the sunshine, which is called phototherapy. Now, 
phototherapy or light therapy is something that's used for a number of different uh, medical issues, but it's helpful for seasonal affective disorder because you are giving yourself a real, you're really just giving yourself a dose of sunshine. And you can do that by purchasing um, what they call sad lamps. You can purchase those on Amazon. You can purchase those at Costco. You might be able to find them at Canadian Tire. Um, but basically, they they off, they come in different shapes and sizes. But the most common one is it, it comes in the shape of like a rectangle. Like a rectangle, you sit it on your desk or by your bedside, and you expose yourself to that light for about an hour, an hour and a half a day. So if you're sitting at your desk, you just keep it there while you're working, and it's recommended that you do that just about almost every day or every other day. I uh, have a friend who actually does have seasonal affective disorder and she just pulls it out on the days that she feels the worst. And she's like, this thing isn't working. I'm like, no, you're not working. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. need to prop it up every day or every other day to give it a chance to do what it's supposed to do. There's also a version of that lamp. It's, um, I forget the name of the, the company that's, that makes it, but it looks, it mimics the shape of the sun and what it does it is it mimics the rising of the sun. So it's an alarm clock and some people call it a dawn till dusk alarm clock. So it's round and it fills the room with light quite gradually. So it really does mimic the rising of the sun and it helps you wake up on a more natural uh, level. Um, the other thing about, um, about sunshine and why phototherapy is helpful is that exposure to the sun helps to regulate in our system the hormone called melatonin. And melatonin regulates our sleep-wake cycle. And so if we're not getting enough sunshine, if we're not getting any sunshine, then we're either not sleeping or we're sleeping in too much, which can really prolong the, uh, the symptoms of depression. So getting yourself a sad lamp or a dawn till dusk lamp or some kind of phototherapy can actually be pretty helpful. I, uh, you'll have to forgive me, but while you were saying it, I was totally on Amazon looking up one of those lamps <laughs> because I, I'm totally buying one for, for Joanna. Oh. Now I know you, I mean, you're not a, you're not a medical doctor, so you talk about right. therapy and you talk about, um, uh, certain remedies, but in your experience, have you found that, okay, actually, sorry, let me go back. I have one question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does somebody who has sad literally snap out of it, you know, after the May 24th weekend? Uh, no. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> not, stupid, it, but it's, it's seasonal. It, it is <laughs> and seasonal. I'm ignorant, so it's but, not. <laughs> It's, it's not it's not a sudden snap and seasonal affective disorder the onset of seasonal affective disorder isn't a sudden snap either right just like um, the amount of sunshine that we get throughout different seasons of the year it's gradual and so is feeling better so is coming out of seasonal affective disorder it's like it's like that person is just at their best self during the summer months Right. Right. And as the days get longer, mm -hmm. as we get more and more sunshine, they start to come out of that shell. Okay. So what we really look at is those type of therapies, which is a lot like we talked about with regards to uh, uh, New Year's resolutions, which we're not doing anymore. They're called new life resolutions. <laughs> but it, it really starts with that five minute. Walk. Oh my God, it's sunny. Let's go. Let's get outside. Right. Let's just <laughs> absorb it and look. But yeah. in your in your professional world, 
Mm-hmm. Do you feel like sometimes there has to be some kind of medicinal treatment for somebody with SAD it, it, that could, like you, you, you can't give prescriptions, but I'm sure that there no. could be the recommendation to say, I yeah. think perhaps you might want to start looking into some antidepressants. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't get prescriptions. You're right. But I certainly suggest strongly suggest to a number of people. I think you really need to give, make, make an appointment to see your doctor because these um, tips are really just that they're tips. And for some people, the, the people are different, right? And their symptoms are different. The intensity of these symptoms are different. So someone might say, you know, I bought a sad lamp and I'm going out for my walks and I'm starting to feel a whole lot better. And there are other people who will say, Roxanne, I tried everything in the book and I still can't get out of bed. And I will say, well, my suggestion to you is that before the end of the day that you call your family doctor and you book an appointment and you talk about everything that we just talked about. And your family doctor might actually give you a prescription and that might be how you start to come out of these woods. And you hope that through that, because not everybody's prone to wanting to take medication like that. That's true. But you hope that eventually it can curb it so much. That the best practices that you're suggesting through diet and exercise and sunlight and these really newfangled sad lamps that I've never heard of and it's <laughs> totally awesome, but it, you hope that it's not something that they need to be on for the rest of their life. Exactly, exactly. And it's um, I think that that I I hope I hope the folks listening have have been able to kind of grab something out of that because um, you know Gareth Knock I'm going to mention him again shout out hi Gareth mm-hmm. um, hey Gareth you know he's like. He's like, go for a walk, you know, uh, hug your dog. Uh, I find that if I'm feeling a little saddy Mm -hmm. that, um, I I pet my dog. I don't know why I just kind of go up to her and I just look at that little put him and I just want to squeeze it and give her a hug. But, um, that, that to me is my, my treatment that and a bottle of wine on Friday night, but that we won't go there. We won't go there, but animals are amazing for that. Right. Uh, if you have, a mental health issue, I would say, I don't know how people feel about pets, but I would say get yourself a dog. If you're not a dog person, get yourself a cat. Just having that um, that pet that you love on your lap or snuggled up to you in the, in, you know, that, that little space between your, your, your face and your shoulder, that little space on your neck, um, feeling their heartbeat, feeling them breathe, um, it's it does wonders and and for anyone who listening who has who who has children uh, if you have children and they have anxiety or depression you get that child a pet it helps them to regulate their moods and it it it's not going to be the answer to everything but it does make a big difference so i honestly wasn't planning to segue into that but Sorry. It really, no it's fantastic <laughs> because i really i'm really a big proponent of, you know, if I notice that I, my mom lives alone, she's in her late seventies. Mm. She's still super healthy, goes to the gym five days a week. She's stuck kind of in COVID. I might just grab the dog and throw her in my vehicle and hop on the highway and drive out to my mom's house and just say, yeah. look out the window. Cause she's so in love with my dog because she looks so Aww. much like one of her former dogs. Aww. So I'll just call her and say, look out the window and I'll open my door and my dog, Abby will just make a beeline for her for her front door and then she'll go that's in awesome. and promptly pee on the floor but that's <laughs> that's just a sign of love apparently i didn't know that yeah. like when a dog pees on your carpet and causes lots of damage to it that's a sign of love <laughs> i thought it was 
excitement. <laughs> she just absolutely, <laughs> she adores my mom. And if my mom, like, oh, that's awesome. she hasn't been over for a long time, but obviously because of uh, restrictions, but um, she never leaves my mom's side. And mm-hmm. we really try to have that that exposure to a lot of people like i just i watch people yes. i watch their face light up when they see a dog on tv or if they see them walking down the street and and so it, you know it, i mean we're not maybe discussing seasonal affective disorder or the humdrums of winter mm-hmm. we're kind of going into you know animal therapies and yes. and having you know uh service dogs etc mm-hmm. is that have you ever encountered that in your in your 12 years as a therapist? I actually used to work at, in a different life, I actually used to work at uh, the hospital for sick children or sick kids. And they would have therapy dogs there quite often. And those dogs would help the children forget their pain. They would help the children forget their um, blood transfusions, their chemotherapy, all the needles that they have to get. Uh, these dogs, it's almost as though they take on your challenges and they do so quite happily. Uh, it's like you're transferring some of that emotion and the dogs and the, you know, and, and cats as well. Although I didn't see a service cat at the hospital, but pets tend to put you in a different space. Sorry. I have to laugh because cats are just like, fuck you. I'm not getting in the car. Right? <laughs> I'm cats not going. Are like, you know, I'll see you when you get but, home. Don't worry. The garbage will be turned over. Yeah. Dogs are quite happy to, to, to hang out with you. But, um, they definitely bring down the um, the mood irregularity. Um, they help to regulate your your heart rate, uh, your blood pressure. Uh, seniors who have dogs tend to live longer. Um, there is definitely that peace around taking them for walks. Uh, you're 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 taking care, or you're transferring your love to another person, another person, or another uh, um, life. And, and, and that's great. It gives you a sense of responsibility. It gives you a sense of um, uh, ownership. There is a sense of, um, you know, that you love another being and that being reciprocates it. And the, the one thing I love about dogs is the fact that their love is unconditional. Yes. Unconditional. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you've been through, they don't care about that. No, they don't. They don't, excuse me. They don't care that you've had a crappy day at work. Nope. They don't care about the fact that you lost your job. They just know, like they just, their eyes. I think it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and I'm always looking at dogs. Like if I'm ever angry or pissed off about something and it just takes any dog to just look at me and allow me to just rub Mm -hmm. their head or rub their ears or something. And it really kind of, yeah. brings me out of it and definitely that kind of goes into the last thing I wanted to kind of discuss with you right which is anger management and the reason yes. why I, I kind of thought about this as we were organizing having you back onto the show mm-hmm. was I was I was at a drive-through the other day and I don't know why uh, but the the person working at the drive-through window decided to share with me what a lousy day that they had the day before mm-hmm. because they were getting yelled at by people And, you know, she was like, it was, I was like, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, I mean, that's, I'm in, you know, I've lived and worked in the service industry and sales and whatnot for my entire life. And it really frustrates me when people don't show that, um, that not, it doesn't have to be respected. Just, just be nice. But 
Yeah. It brought something to my mind because we're back into our second shutdown. They, they might, mm-hmm. in, they might bring in a curfew, curfew, yeah. et cetera. And I think a lot of people are just getting fed up, but unfortunately in order to let it out, they're taking it out on the service industry. And the only people you mm-hmm. can take it out on right now is, is somebody in a drive through. So I wanted to kind yeah. of just touch on uh, about anger management and this season you know, whether it's seasonal affective disorder, winter humdrum, we've been locked up since last March. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, People the can't boiling, take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. The boiling point is going up and up and up. Yeah. And if you don't yeah, have sure. an outlet. That's it. What do we do? Help us. Roxanne, help. It's, <laughs> it's challenging. We have lost all of our coping mechanisms. We can't go to the gym. We can't play the sports. We can't hang out with the guys. We can't, we, we can just can't. Um, and so what I tell people all the time is, first of all, let us, let's pretend we're babies. Because when you have a little bitty in front of you and there's a, when I talk to parents who can't um, soothe their toddler, I'm like, okay. Let's, there's this acronym called HALT. Um, it's for, it stands for hungry, anxious, lonely, or tired. Okay. Are you hungry or hangry? <laughs> yeah. Are you anxious? Do you feel like you've, you've, you don't know what's coming or you've lost control? Are you lonely? And are you tired? Okay. Right. I'm writing and, this down, by the way. <laughs> Um, halt for hungry, anxious, lonely, or tired. And oftentimes when we look at those things with toddlers, if we can check any of those things off, then oftentimes the tantrums will subside. And wouldn't you know it, that tends to happen with adults as well. If we get something to eat, if we get a nap, (laughs) if we start to um, manage our anxieties, and connect with other human beings, then oftentimes our anger or irritability will dissipate. dissipate. (laughs) Um, The other things that we need to think about are, are we feeling disrespected? Because when people feel disrespected, the anger goes up, right? And if you are feeling disrespected, then let's talk about how we can first of all, recognize it and then figure out what's the best way to manage this. That's a respectful way so that I am not being just as disrespectful as the person is being to me. Okay. Right. So if the anger, if the anger towards the other person isn't warranted, right, let's communicate about the disrespect as opposed to yelling and screaming and swearing and throwing things. Um, are your boundaries being crossed? That's also in line with um, the disrespect. But if you, sometimes when we are getting really angry, it's uh, it's a suggestion that our boundaries are being crossed, right? Um, I was at a job once where I found myself just being really pissed off going to work every day. And I began to realize that I was working shift at that job. And it was taking me away from my family in the evenings. And I began to realize that family time was a huge boundary for me. Right. So I had to really think about that. Um, Let's see. What else? Um, Is there something happening that you're getting frustrated about? Are you trying to 
I don't know, change the oil in your car and you can't get it and you're you're getting grease all over the place. And then you're just then you get into the house and your wife asks you about lunch and you lose your, you know, you lose your marbles. You can say <laughs> shit if you want. It's a podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to censor myself here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so are you doing something that you are not being successful at that's causing you to be frustrated? So really pay attention to some of those cues. Um, the other thing to recognize is that, the other thing I wanted to, to, to mention is that oftentimes when we get angry, when a frustration really starts to build, our ability to communicate effectively goes out the window. Then we have these horrible and silly fights over things that we really shouldn't be arguing about. And then Afterwards, you're having to apologize for me and things that you said that you, you really didn't mean. What's happening is that because you're so angry, you can't really effectively communicate. So what we need to do is take a break when you find yourself getting riled up. Um, play some games on your phone. Read something really silly. Watch some mindless TV. Go for a walk if you need to. Get in the car on the driveway. Turn the music up. But get in the shower, do what you need to do to blow off some steam, and then figure out what it is that's causing you to be so riled up. But once you are calm, once you are at a place of calm, then you can start to address it. So it's not just about getting rid of the anger, it's about analyzing it as well. Yes. So you have yeah. to understand where did that anger come from? Because I, I, honestly, I've ticked, I've ticked most of the boxes you just mentioned at some point. <laughs> Right. Which I think a lot of people uh, yeah. well, have. We're human. We are, we're human, but it's, it's about learning how to diffuse and then right. analyze and then right. don't make the same mistake twice. Right. Right. Which I mean, again, we're human. We're not perfect. There's, there's not always, there's not always an immediate fix. Yeah. Is, are there best practices that you can, you can suggest to a, to a listener who might be, you know, hearing this episode and saying, you know, I, I tick all these boxes too. What are my, what are my things to, to recognize it? Or you no, know, are you kind of looking right away? Okay. So let's take halt out of it. We'll, we'll kind of look mm -hmm. at what you had said about, do I feel disrespected? Have boundaries been crossed? Am I frustrated about something? Why am, why am mm -hmm. I frustrated? Like, so if somebody's frustrated that they're trying to do an oil change, but they're not doing it properly, or they're trying to build a, a box or they're trying to right. put in a chandelier or something like that. Right. Is that more of a sense of incompetence that they're angry at as opposed to the fact that the stupid light won't go into the stupid fixture? Right. So that's the thing, right? If you are, let's say, and, and this is probably where maybe even therapy might come in, because if you were raised in a house where you're not always told you that you can't do nothing right and you're good for nothing and you'll never be able to. And then your wife asks you to put the chandelier up and you can't get it. And then suddenly you're angry at everybody. Are you really angry that you can't get the chandelier in or are you angry because you're hearing your dad's voice in the back of your head? Right. Now right? you can't analyze so, that as you're angry. That's why you're no, suggesting right. that those Ex mechanisms exactly. of saying, get the hell out of the situation. Exactly. Go listen to some heavy yes, metal right. in your car or go take a shower or dunk your head in the toilet. Yeah. Could be anything. Yeah. Okay. Just walk away. So we have to honestly go back in time to kind of say, is it because I was always told I couldn't do things? 
And mm-hmm. since my I I want to please my wife, I want to have her look at me like I'm competent, right? But deep seated, the individual has already said to themselves, probably before they stepped up the ladder, that they were going to fail at this, right? Exactly, exactly. And so it requires some self analysis. And if you're at a place where you can't do that, that's when you know, maybe a trusted friend would come in, you know, maybe you'll call Gareth or maybe you talk to Joe and, you know, don't forget but Carl. it does take some vote. Don't forget Carl Pardon Anthony, me? the other host, Carl, Carl Anthony. Anthony. Yep. There you don't go. Thank you. <laughs> Can't forget Carl. Um, you know, it does take some vulnerability because the other thing that goes hand in hand with anger is pride. Right. And when they go hand in hand, it's hard to analyze. It's hard to deescalate. You know, do you, you know, when, when my husband's hungry, forget it. Right. But if I say, if he's really getting really upset and I've said to him, you haven't eaten all day, have you? And he says, that has nothing to do with it. You know, leave me alone. But it's, it's that pride saying it can't be me. It's everybody else, or it can't be this situation. It, it has to lie outside of me, right? It does take some vulnerability to say, okay, this is actually the issue. This is actually what I need support with. Right. So it wasn't that your husband was hungry or hangry. There was something else. Exactly. Inside his, his memory bank or his, exactly his feelings bank. That is like, I'm frustrated with this, but it was because when I was six, my mom said I was a stupid head. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But if we can't, um, if we can't unpack that, if we can't, if we can't, if we're not willing to admit it, then it's hard to move past that. It's hard to resolve that anger. Do you find that that kind of floats away once you're able to, uh, an individual is able to establish the causality of it and then start analyzing it, whether it's forgiving themselves or whether it's forgiving that other person in order to not be frustrated when you climb that ladder to put in that light fixture? Yeah, because then you realize that, that, that you are not the issue and clearly it's not the light fixture. That's the issue. You begin to, to see it as, as external to you. You begin to see it for, for what it truly is. And, you know, if I could, the other thing to keep in mind, you know, is that we are all living in this seemingly never ending pandemic and we are all living in powder kegs. (laughs) We are all frustrated. Everyone wants us to be over. Everyone wants to go have a meal with friends at a restaurant. Everyone wants to go out and do the normal things. Right. And so it's actually okay to say, I'm really pissed off because this pandemic won't go away. It's okay to say that. So it doesn't have to be some deep, deep seated childhood angst. It could be, I'm suffering anger because I'm frustrated with something that I can't control, which is can't control exactly pandemic. And, but we have to be able to recognize it, analyze it and then execute out of it so that, because yeah, I'm sure you're, you know, if your husband raises your voice to your, to one of your kids, it's going to be a lot different 
than if you raise your voice to one of your kids because it's a different yes. tone, it's a different volume, it's yes. a different depth, you know, and it's it's a lot different that way. Uh, I can yeah. I can just imagine. And you know, I I always say that a problem shared is a problem that's halved. So if I am frustrated about this pandemic and I just keep it inside and I say, well, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I can't get to go out and see my friends, blah, 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 blah. Then I blow up at the next person that's in front of me. Then it becomes a bigger problem. But if I am frustrated about this pandemic and I tell my sister or I call my girlfriend or I say to my husband, oh, this is so ridiculous. I can't believe. Then they, they, they share that with me. And the frustration comes down and the likelihood of me exploding on some poor unsuspecting soul is greatly reduced. Would you ever recommend eliminating tasks out of, out of your life to avoid getting angry? For example, Hey honey, can you please go and fix that fence board? No, I know it's just going to make me angry. So I'm going to find somebody else who's qualified to do it or will do a better For job. Sure. So that's, it's okay to do that because I always thought that you kind of had to face it head on and you had to get in there and analyze it. And sometimes it's like, you know yeah. what, I've, you know, I'm sorry, but I realized that I'm not very good at this. That's and it's, right. it's all it's going to do is make me feel inferior or make me feel like I'm a failure. So yeah. why would I even put myself into that situation to begin with? Exactly. I'm going to take my car to the mechanic and they can change the oil. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's understanding sure. that we can't, we can't all do everything. Exactly. You know, I can't, exactly. you know, I can't get those, the, I can't get the two wires together for the chandelier, get the moret on it and then get it tucked back up into the can and then get the thing on and then put my fingers are just too big. <laughs> I can't do it. You know, <laughs> I'd rather coach somebody into it to say, Hey, you're doing a great job. Cause I find I get mad at myself, but I don't, even if I am yelling at somebody else, I'm, 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 I'm it's me. I'm mad at. And I think yeah, that woman exactly. at the drive through it wasn't her that this person was mad at. It was the frustration exactly. of being alone. And then, Oh my God, the first time I get out, you know, they didn't get my coffee order right. Or they didn't get my mm -hmm. chicken order. Right. And it just, it's been months of just building right. and building and building. And then all of a sudden you've got a volcano in front of you, but you didn't realize that you made the poor woman cry in the back yeah. of the restaurant. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's, this is like, this is like some serious, like, I think all the all the uh, all of the guests listening to this episode, they need to they like PayPal us some money because this is some valuable <laughs> stuff that we're not paying Roxanne. <laughs> no, happy to share. Happy to share. So you, you, I think that's a great place to end it. I think that we've yeah. we've provided quite a bit of things. Let's remember halt, which is hungry, anxious, lonely, and tired. Mm -hmm. Let's understand why we're angry. Were we feeling disrespected? Crossed? Did we have boundaries that were crossed? Are we frustrated about something or something ourselves? Or was it something in our past that we need to admit that we can forgive ourselves for? Uh, is right. it an inability to communicate too? Uh, mm -hmm. Seasonal affective disorder. Folks, get out there and, and, and soak up the sun even if it's minus 30. Just dress for it, please. We don't want you coming yeah. in with frostbite. Is there any last kind of parting words for whether it's the season, whether it's sad, whether it's be nice to that lady at the drive-thru because she'll spit in your chicken? Yeah. <laughs> You have Nobody any, wants that. We're, let, let's get some some wise parting words from Roxanne 
And then we're going to tell people where they can find you because I've been watching your Instagram videos, by the way, and I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic. So we're going to get everybody there. So let's get some wise parting words from our friend of the show, therapist, Roxanne Francis. No pressure on the wisdom piece. But um, the one thing thing (laughs) that I will say is that we are all experiencing this pandemic, right? People will say things like, we're all in this together. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I have seen floating around is that we're all in the same storm, but we don't have the same boat, right? Some people are in some really big boats and some people are in some little dinghies that have sprung a leak. But we are really all in this storm. Everyone's facing this pandemic and everyone's trying to get through it as best as we can. Pace yourself. Don't um, bite off more than you can chew. Give yourself a little bit of grace. We're all just trying to get through this together. And let's extend to each other. Like we can't get through life without each other. We can't get through life without community. Connect with someone. You don't have to face this alone. So those are my parting wise words. The website is francispsychotherapy.com. That's right. The Instagram handle is the same thing at Francis Mm -hmm. Psychotherapy. Uh, you've been putting out videos. I think you did, did some. You did some pre-recorded, and you've done some live videos. How yes. often are you putting those out? Because I literally don't always catch them live, but I watch them sometimes because you've shared them. Yeah, no worries. I I usually uh, keep them on my IGTV on Instagram. I do every Wednesday night at eight. I do a live called Afterthought. And I usually post in the daytime on a Wednesday to say what I'm going to talk about. Um, It's usually mental health related. I always try to blend mental health in real life because sometimes people think that mental health is all about clinical and straitjacket and being in a hospital. But it really just meanders through our day to day existence. And we just try to connect the two. I also want to let folks know that, you know, a lot of the listeners uh, know we're in Canada. uh, But we have lots of listeners in Australia, in Great Britain, in the United Uh, States. Uh, also remember, folks, if you want to get a hold of, of Roxanne to have a chat with her, um, yes. you know, FrancisPsychotherapy.com. It's a Zoom. She's Roxanne's got her Zoom account going. You know, you don't need to be in the same neighborhood to go and say hi and That's you know, right. have a chat. So, uh, again, FrancisPsychotherapy.com, Francis, at Francis Psychotherapy on Instagram, Wednesdays at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Roxanne, always a pleasure to have you on the show. You truly are a friend of the show. We'll, uh, we hope to have you back Thank soon. You. Maybe, Thank you. Maybe we'll have you back in and we'll, we'll, we'll learn some spring coping mechanisms and maybe we'll get you to help me with my mental golf game instead of my physical golf game. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> I'll do what I can. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's I been a real pleasure. It. You have a wonderful, wonderful evening. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Take care. you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Don't know where to start? We felt the same things you're probably thinking right now. How do I get started? Where do I go for my hosting needs? Is it easy to launch a podcast? We have all the answers in one word, Buzzsprout. We as Start Talking uses Buzzsprout and the process for signing up, picking a plan and getting launched was so simple and easy. Not only does Buzzsprout help you get listed, but they also provide the best support in the industry. You will get a great-looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, 
detailed analytics to see how people are listening, and tools to promote your episodes. They'll even help you get listed on all the major podcast directories like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Buzzsprout also supports you with videos and blogs to help you with any challenge you might face while starting your podcast, from what equipment to use, upgrades, and strategies for making your podcast successful. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know we sent you. It gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and it helps support our show. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed.